This is the worst part of, of, of starting one of these, is there's no... Is figuring, is figuring out the intro? Yeah. It is called Our Every Move is the New Tradition. It is a podcast about a uh, seminal uh, webcomic, Akewood. Probably, arguably one of the most important pieces of media in post-9-11, to me, at to least. To most people, I think. I would say to most people who read it. I, I think... Akewood is a kind of velvet underground situation. <laughs> Everyone who read it went on to become extremely depressed. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, this is a. Oh, we're just going to talk about what Akewood is this episode. I feel like it's important to kind of dive in to, like, what this is before we get into, like, the sort of weirder, overarching themes and yeah. such. Gotta of it. give some. Gotta give some context to the situation because I think, um, I don't know, like, I have noticed a lot online. I follow this uh, Twitter that's called uh, Out of Context Aquid, and it just posts, you know, single panels from strips, and, like, people love it because Aquid is hilarious, but I don't think a lot of people go back and reread it or just read it for the first time because this shit hasn't updated since 2016 which i think is for the better yeah we can get into like later aquids at a certain point i think he kind of onstad kind of loses his charm in a way i i we i, I also want to do um in future episodes i want to do some sort of deep dive into Onstead's psyche, or what appears to be Onstead's psyche. Yeah, uh, I I feel like we're gonna get into that pretty soon because we're gonna have to talk about the characters of Aquid. And all the characters of Aquid are just idealized versions of Onstead, except maybe but, but, Molly and Philippe. Yeah, let let's let's go go run through the Wikipedia page has a list of major characters. Um, there are a couple minor characters that I'm sure we'll think of along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but first off is the star of the show. Not originally is the fun- funniest part of this, is, but the man who most people think of when they think of Akewood, which is Ray Smuckles. Wait, what? I would say Ray, Ray is the star of the show. Ray, Ray is... Without Ray, the comic does not move. In the same way that it does. See, this is interesting, because you, you basically faked me out. I thought you were going to go immediately to roast beef, because in my in my understanding, roast beef is, like, the player well, character, there, as it were. There, there is no roast beef without Ray, that's, is, is the very important thing here. That's true. I mean, he is the middle cat, not Ray, not Pat. Pat, yeah. 
Um, Ray is maybe the worst man on earth. I'm gonna click through and find a good. Uh, oh, here, here's the good one. August sixteenth, two thousand and six. For those following. Along That's my home. birthday. That's a really funny because I just clicked random and got to a uh, a random one. This is happy birthday. right after. This is right after Pat comes out. This oh comic, yeah, and it opens with a. Uh, Damn, Pat. What's up, my gay homie? Mojitos of artisanal rum. <laughs> Which God. I think is a very, very good uh, introduction to Ray. Uh, he, he describes Pat as uh, someone he's known since Milk Money Days. Milk Money Days. God. I... This fucking comic. Okay. I... I do want to segue really quick um, into uh, the fact that this comic is mostly also notable because of the way it's written. Oh, yes. Aikwood is has been described as a celebration of the English language. It's also uh, a horrible perversion of the English language in a lot of ways. I think that's, but... why, that's why it's kind of the celebration of it, because... Oh, yeah. Uh... Onstat has just like a beautiful hand at writing in a way that I think is incredibly good. Um, the very first line of Akewood is Philippe is standing on it, which is pretty funny. Yeah, um, it um, it starts from pretty humble. I think we need to like roll it back because we already were getting into character stuff and i want to roll it back and just talk about like what the comic is at yeah, its most should, bare we bones should start, we should start there and we should edit that other stuff out yeah i will um so Aquid started in 2001 um it's pretty explicitly post 9-11 media it is. It starts quite literally October first, two thousand and one. Holy shit! Yeah. And the first, it was a daily strip. Whoa! Holy shit! It was a daily strip for the first. For the first month. while, yeah. For the first month, it was daily, and then mm -hmm. it would go. He'd like post. Monday through Friday, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the original characters. Yeah. Uh, were basically anthropomorphized versions of stuffed animals that Onstead had. So you started out with Lyle, who was a tiger, uh, Philippe, who is a eternally five-year-old um, otter? otter. I think he's an yes, otter. It doesn't. Otter. It doesn't matter. He, he looks like a like a popsicle with a face. I don't know. Um, you got. Cornelius, who is a teddy bear. Uh, and you have Theodore, who is also a teddy bear, but different from Cornelius. Um, and that's that's the cast when it starts out. That's it. And the first couple strips are just, like, very bare bones, absurdist humor, not a lot going on. Uh, I, I found a favorite early one, which is uh, Cornelius... <laughs> Tedor and Philippe going to bed, all in one big bed, which I think is very a very funny cartoon idea of sleeping in a big bed with your homies. Uh, and it's them saying goodnight, a single panel of darkness, and then Felipe going, good morning. No, Felipe, nope. too soon. Too soon, which is 
really good. Like it's cute when it starts. The 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 humor is cute. The strips are cute. It doesn't have sort of that like cutting acerbic humor that it ends up getting later on. Um so I don't like it's really that's also part of why this comic is so good because it starts from this and then grows and grows and grows and changes and you can kind of look past the medium and see like Onstad like growing and changing and becoming older and more bitter and more angry and more into fancy food um and more mad at women (laughs) and that sort of evolution um when it was not like when it was updating regularly and you were reading through it as it was updating um it really felt like you were along for the ride like you were also growing and changing i started reading aquid when i was in high school when i was in uh, grade nine. Yeah, me too. I was. Yeah. I think I was like in tenth grade. So like, two thousand and eight. No, we didn't even introduce ourselves, but Ugh. that's fine. Yeah, I mean, should we? I guess we should keep this in, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So my name's Rob. I've been reading Aquid since like tenth grade. That's like my whole background. <laughs> uh, I'm. I. I think qualified to do this because i live a life very much like the aquid characters i don't feel like you need qualifications but like i'll take it but i I feel like eh, sometimes you need to be like sometimes you need to tell you know tell people that fair um i'm blair i started reading aquid in 2008 because i had an enormous crush on a guy who read Aquid and a bunch of other webcomics that I was also reading at the time and I was like oh if I read this then you'll become my friend he never became my friend but I dearly like this comic now so I guess it's like an overall positive uh so yeah Aquid is a pretty humble I think it sticks pretty well to like three panel comics for sort of the early days Mm -hmm. yeah and it takes a while but um, really, when it starts picking up, you can identify it because more characters get introduced, namely the trio of cats, Ray, Smuckles, um, Roast Beef, and Pat. Um, Pat becomes kind of less of a character as time goes on. He pops up every now and again. And, there, um, there's, a ve- he's, uh, there's a very important arc where he comes out as gay. Yeah. Um, which is handled eh, poorly eh, poor well well for the time yeah that's the other thing about aquid is a lot of it is very much a product of its time and uh looking back on it some of the jokes are the sort of thing where like your shithead cousin would say at a family gathering and you'd want to like haul off and smack him but instead you just go like to yourself and move on uh there's there's one in particular uh where lyle is offering his services let me see if i can find i just found the comic and then forgot it. it's the one i was talking to you about earlier 
Yeah, I uh, forgot. Yeah. It, it, I, I forgot which one that was, but... Uh, it is Lyle Lyle uh, opening up his services to uh, transgender women to become sexually active and confident in their new bodies. Oh, right. God. Yeah. Um, um, but that was which, done in, like, t- 2005. Yeah, it's 2005. There's some unfortunate... Uh, unfortunate language in it, especially in the in the in the alt text. But I think it it, it is for the time pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those things that like it it is you can appreciate it while also recognizing. Oh man, probably shouldn't have said that, bud. And I think overall, its merit like outweighs the shit <laughs> it's it, it, it it's merit as a piece of the english language as like a, a seminal text and a seminal great like american text the word seminal always yeah it's it's a good word um but i i think i would actually i would put aquid up as like a, a sort of piece of american literature in a way in a way that is reflective of all of mm-hmm. other American literature. Yeah, in a way it is sort of like a great American novel, even though the first part of it kind of like makes the case that all the characters are living inside Onstad's house and can't be seen by people or else human beings will freak out about them. So like they do stuff like order a pizza and then have to pretend that a person ordered the pizza and then sort of the fiction deviates from that and they all live underground but not really it's complicated <laughs> it's there there there's a uh there there's a strangeness to aquid sort of the mechanics of it that i uh it's not worth thinking about yeah. it's sort of the important part is not the there, setting no the important part are the characters yeah. and the things they're saying. And I would argue the art is not even that important. Uh, like, Iquid's art style can charitably some... be called Spartan, but... it Yeah, there's very little background. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure the whole thing was, like, made in Adobe Illustrator or some other uh, vector-based program. Um, but... That's neither a merit nor a demerit. It's just nice. I don't know. It's very, it's very good. Um, a comic, truthfully, doesn't really get started until like two thousand and two. Yeah, it takes a year to yeah. really. It, it, Mar- March twelfth, two thousand two, is the start of the first real arc of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which which arc is that? It, it is Tedor's party. Yes. Okay. Which is deeply important um not because of like i don't know the typical media being important ways but because it produced the uh very important strip uh ray gets stoned yeah uh it is uh, among the best Wait, no, that's a different party. That's a different party. That's the... That's a different fucking party. There's so many parties in this comic, I swear to God. And it's one of those things, like, I feel like we're going to keep on coming back to, like, wow, this is written super well. Um, But it is written in a way that, like, when you're in high school or when you 
I was in high school reading this shit, I was like, wow, I want to go to parties like that. Wow, I wonder what, I wonder what it's like to have a a life that is not um, one of being a high schooler with no friends. Uh, and then I went to university and was like, oh shit, what? This is real? You can just do this? Um, and my voice cracked three times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was, I was, I'm, I'm reading through the party arc. Oh, and okay. I, I got to, to among one of my favorite gags, which is Ray using a cardboard cutout uh, of himself to keep Todd away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, um, which is, I'm glad you brought up Todd, because uh, as the strip continues, more characters are introduced, and so you get, like, Todd Squirrel, whose main character beat is that he's a shithead addicted to cocaine. Yeah, he's, also that he can't read. (laughs) He can't read! Um, Also, uh, his friend Blister, who's dead, got run over, became a cool ghost, uh, Talks in all caps all the time. Uh, we got Liebot, Chucklebot, and Vlad, who are robots. Uh, not explained, but they're just chilling. Um, Chucklebot is kind of an asshole. Liebot is also an asshole. Vlad is vaguely Eastern. Okay, is Eastern European, but like he's he's vaguely he's Eastern European, but vague. Yeah. And those are sort of the supporting cast. Do I also have, like, uh, Beef's friends, Emeril, and the guy whose name I don't remember. I, I also don't own... remember his name. Yeah, I'll have to look it up later. But they uh, they only appear once in a while, but when they do, it's, like, a genuine treat. Um, you have... God, you have Ray's mom. Ray's mom is a very good character. Uh, Philippe's mom is another very good character. Uh, you have Beef's grandma, who never appears on screen, but who is kind of wretched. Uh, you have Molly, Beef's girlfriend turned wife. Um, and incidentally, the only like reasonable woman in the entire comic i mentioned that onstead had a problem yeah onstead has uh inkwood just like every other great american novel has a deep deep problem with women yeah it's it takes the dude's rock ethos to its logical conclusion i believe to the point where like there are entire arcs about fighting there are entire arcs about um there's one where they where Ray and Beef, and I think Theodore, I'm not sure, um, make themselves underwear out of aluminum foil with a counterweight mechanism so that they feel as if they have something heavy dangling off their crotches. I Is that also the one where... The, no, I think they're doing that to avoid getting radiation on their dicks. I think... Yeah, I think it starts like that, and then one of them goes like, actually, this feels kind of nice. Um... And they assume that it feels kind of nice because of, like, ah, yes, the, the missing heft of, of the junk, etc. Um, 
there's an entire... Ugh, it's just... When you start talking about, like, the way that Aquid does masculinity or portrays, like, the ideal man, it goes places. There's an entire arc about, like, Ray tries to figure out which of his friends is the coolest or, like, not even coolest, most real dude, something like that. Um, and it's... <sighs> looking at it from the perspective of someone thoroughly jaded about this shit like it's very funny scrolling through the aquid uh cookbook i've got to the recommended readings and one of them is down and out in paris and london which i think is a oh, i think is a very good sort of like way marker for aquid a little touchstone as it yeah. were I wish I could find, uh, there are a couple of interviews with Onstad where he talks about, like, influences, and I can't find them, any of them right now, of course, because I'm not ever prepared for podcasts, but, uh... Doug, I'm not prepared either. I'll, I'll dig them up for, for our next episode, but there, you can tell that the, you can see the wells this is drawing from. Yeah, a lot of it, like... I'm glad that we brought up that it's post 9-11 media because a lot of the like portrayals of like the ideal dude come directly from that. Yeah, like Aquid is a uh, a deeply influenced comic, so much so that uh, Onstad does a couple of uh, great moments in cinema comics. Yes. Um, so, such as Great Moments in Cinema presents Eraserhead, but brought to you by the Roomba, the robotic floor vacuum. That's a good one. The, the The inclusion of Roombas for all of those is like kind of a sleeper hit. Yeah, I think. Yep. The the Roomba comics are very funny because it's just like Great Moments in Cinema presents James James Cameron's Avatar, featuring Roomba, mm-hmm. the robotic vacuum. Yeah. And then they just stand on the Roomba and get Roomba'd around the room. You ever, you ever had a Roomba? I did not. Uh, the boy that I was that I am hooking up with uh, has a Roomba. <laughs> uh huh. That's. Uh, and that's how I knew he was rich. <laughs> my parents have one, and they gave it to my little sister, and uh, she named it Bruce. So occasionally, my dad will go like, "Hey, Hannah." How's Bruce doing? And we'll take her a second and be like, oh, oh, fine. He's on his little charging dock. Charging. The other thing about Aquid that is good is that it is relatable. Why do you ask? Why is this? Why? Yeah, Aquid is pretty. It's about cats. It is about cats. It 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 predates. I don't want to say. Hang on, let me look this up. <laughs> you can cut this part out of me looking it up. When did. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it predates Icon Has Cheeseburger. It does, but there is an entire series of strips about roast beef getting turned into a lolcat. That is. And then suffering, like, an immense depressive breakdown because um, I have... <sighs> okay, full disclosure, I'm not even looking at a reference right there. I have read this shit so many times that a lot of it is seared indelibly into my brain. I think I'm like o- a brand. I'm I'm overdue for a a, a full reread. 
Doug, you should do it. Yeah, I, I wish I could find uh, the origin the origin of Ray making. Uh... It's it's around the same time as they get the um, Trent yeah, Reznor's okay. high school car. It is right after that. Yeah, and then and then oh my god, and then so after after Beef realizes and like uh, choose Ray out for it, um, there is the following strip which creates the idea <laughs> creates the idea sorry rob just sent me the uh the image of this uh wall cat and it's grotesque um there is the strip where ray uh creates the idea of a 600 dollar mistake <laughs> You, uh, oh yes, the six hundred dollar mistake. You do your friend dirty, and uh, sometimes the only thing that can <laughs> fix it is approximately a six hundred dollar value item or service or object, etc. Which is great. I think, I think, I think I have had um, moments like that to myself where I fuck up bad, and I'm like, oh boy, this is a forty dollar fuck up because I'm not wealthy. And I haven't fucked up bad enough to warrant a six hundred dollar um, apology. I don't think yet. Talking about the childhood drum. God, is uh, Aikman has a lot of weird ideas about what it's like to be alive. This is also extremely, definitely true. But in a way that is like the childhood drum is is very a good example of like I think that's a perfect encapsulation of Aquid is the childhood drum comic. Yes. I think this is how we're going to end the episode here is going doing a quick literary analysis on on uh, the childhood drum. I've sent it in the chat. Yeah, I can I I, I can see it. Um it's good. It's very good. Um so the gist of the the comic is that Ray comes to Cornelius Bear for advice and steps on his childhood drum. Sidebar, I fucking love how Cornelius talks. It's he's just an old he's like the cool old guy. It's so cool. Yeah. We we have to get into Aquid's masculinity at some point, but that's a whole ball of wax. A whole ball of I alright, that's new to me. You've never heard that, heard that one? Nah, dog. I don't wanna hang on, I gotta make it sure i haven't made this up i think he might have made it up no i have not a whole ball of wax is an american idiom of uncertain origins it's been traced back to at least the 1880s that's some bullshit all right oh man not your childhood drum not your yeah it's uh the end of it do you sneak upstairs and play at a christmas (laughs) time after everyone else has gone to bed no, I do, man. Stop it. Why do you gotta make this work for, uh, for all of us? But I think the, child, the childhood drum is like a, a very representative thing of like, Onstad really misses being a young man. I mean, why do you think he's got Philippe in the comic? I, Philippe's think, eternally five. But Philippe is like, I don't know, we can get into what Philippe. I think Philippe is a cosmic horror, personally. I think I think Philippe is a represent, representation of Onstad being forced, being, you know, growing up. And, like, the Philippe, uh, 
Because, like, there's, like, F- the Philippe goes to visit his mom strip, I think, is one of the oh. most impactful. And kind of kind of shows that, that Aquid is is more than just a funny haha comic. Yeah, that's about the time, like, that bit and the bit where he gets kidnapped by Nice Pete are absolutely, like, they're deeply affecting, I think. Mm-hmm. More so than a lot of story arcs um, in the comic. Yeah, arc. like I think Aqua, like like I said, Onstad's a genuinely good writer, and I think a lot of the times he used that he uses that writing power to like write about dudes uh, buying Trent Reznor's car. Yeah, or or sipping on crispy Stellas. They're always crispy. They're I don't know why. They're always crispy. I I know why. You need to have a good crispy Stella. Doug. I don't even like Stella's that much. I was telling you before. They're fine. You... But like... Listen, you gotta have a crispy Stella. All right. It's very important. All right. Onset also writes about what the saddest thing he can imagine is a lie. God! Which is usually extremely sad, but framed in a way that is somehow less upsetting than it, it, it could be. It, because... Uh, because it's it's just like imagine a child walking up to you and go, "What's the saddest thing?" And you just have to come up with something to tell him. Yeah, and I mean, for um, most people, this in that situation, the saddest thing would be like uh, a flower being blown away on the breeze, and predictably, the kid you're talking to like bursts into tears because you know kids. But uh. Kids. Onstad uh, does not pull the punches. Onstad, the uh, this uh, saddest thing that I found is when the toilet falls from an abandoned. No, station, I hate this. It falls back to earth, lands upside down on the oh. child who was playing alone in the backyard, and swishes them into a shape of a half-hard-boiled egg. No. And when they tip, lift the toilet off of the child, two lips at the top of the bloody mound say, on their dying breath, "I love you, no. mommy." Like, <laughs> I'm like, Onsen is such a handle on on the English language that is insane. I'm like emotionally exhausted by like hearing that read out loud. I I, <laughs> I skip those strips sometimes. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. I'm not prepared to to be hurt this way. But the way that I am prepared to be hurt is uh. The uh, Nice Pete strips. Nice Pete is very good. I'm just like, I don't know what else there is to say about Aquid, though. At least not without getting like kind of more granular with it. Yeah. Problem with that's the problem with Aquid is that it it, it is so multifaceted mm-hmm. in its sort of sense of being labyrinthian. Like people talk about like. Uh, I hate I hate to to bring this into like actual literature stuff, but like Ulysses mm-hmm. and Gravity's Rainbow mm-hmm. and stuff like that, like books that are famous for being just incredibly dense. Infinite jest. Infinite jest. Um, imagine if uh, imagine if David Foster Wallace had wrote Infinite Jest over the course of had, had continued to publish chapters of Infinite Jest over the course of. Over what? ten years, fifteen Fif- years. Fifteen years, fifteen years. Yeah. 
Yeah, so Infinite Jest, but a decade-long serial version of it is basically yeah. what we're dealing with here. It is. That's that is that's Aikwood. It is. I, I think Infinite Jest is the perfect sort of yeah literary analogy because we've really barely scraped the surface and like even talking about it for just this small amount of time like it's impossible to talk about the thing without like bringing up um uh arcs that reference other arcs that reference the blogs we haven't even touched the blogs oh my god there are character blogs for every single character pretty much there are character blogs for every single character there is a. I, I mentioned it earlier. There's a whole cookbook. There's a cookbook, uh, which includes uh, how you gotta enjoy wine. Isn't there also a um, a recipe for uh, oven baked French fries in that that like also gets referenced in the comic? I'm almost positive. Yeah, like all of this turns into this ridiculous web of just media and as time goes on and as people read it and remember it and reread it and re-remember it it kind of has mutated into this weird cultural juggernaut um it also has very much affected the way that a lot of people our age talk um i know yeah i will i will say my 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 sense of the English language, even my, my like writing mm-hmm. personally, is deeply influenced by the way Aikwood, Aikwood talk. Like, I want to say talks because it's so conversational mm-hmm. is the thing. It's not. Yeah, it's it's not um, it's not media that just exists as media. It's media that exists in a conversation with the viewer. Yeah. Not that when it was updating anyone had any influence on what Onstead was going to post but like you read it and all it it has this talent of worming its way into your thoughts into the way you speak into the way you write into what you find funny like i can directly trace back a lot of my sense of humor to this comic i can directly trace back a lot of the way i write to this comic um and the way i speak like if i if i think about it uh i can lapse into the speech of like roast beef if i really want to like it has such oh man a distinct voice uh and every character has that distinct voice we were talking about this like right before we went before we started recording but the phrase there's there's a particular phrase that they used to describe roast beef that is he's a dude from circumstances and i think Mm -hmm. that capital c capital c and i think that is such a beautiful way to because roast beef is like a dude who comes from like sort of a lower class his mom was kind of shitty like it is such a beautiful way to phrase that yeah just the dude is from circumstances because like i will say out of out of everyone in the comic, Ro- Re- roast beef. I want to say Ray. Um, <laughs> roast beef is probably the most sympathetic. Yeah, it him more so than Theodore. Even though Theodore, like, 
can go into similar like down on his luck sort of moods but Theodore is sort of sympathetic in the way that like someone you know who's maybe a couple years younger than you and still kind of half-heartedly trying to get their shit together is but roast beef is sympathetic in a more immediate way um everyone everyone knows uh tedor roast beef is Mm -hmm. like job from the bible (laughs) yeah roast beef has had shit turn into pillars of salt sorry i just took my shirt off because i spilled a bunch of beer (laughs) which is a very i have to be honest very awkward thing to do yeah true um who's your favorite character i think i think let's let's finish off the episode by discussing by doing that i think my favorite character has to be lyle because he is he mm-hmm. is sort of even when i was reading that reading the comic in high school i looked at lyle and went oh that's me like that's kind of that like that sort of devil may care attitude is is very resonant for me <laughs> and then he's a line cook he you know listens to to metal all the time i'm a i i like a lyle i will say that the <laughs> there's this one strip where theodore walks in and lyle is giving himself essentially a douche with uh, a bowl full of vinegar which is really something and uh i yep that's sacred but uh i think my favorite character like the one who I've always resonated with the most is obviously Beef, because you can't not. Um, I think my favorite character is actually Blister. Bl- Blister, an, an underrated <laughs> Which is choice. kind of dumb. The choice of the true professionals. Yeah. I mean, every time he pops in, like, something funny happens. Which I could say about every character, but I don't know. I just, like... I really like the idea of, like, dying through grisly means and then coming back and doing the same bullshit again. Yeah, doing the exact same shit. Just hanging out with your bros is a ghost. Seems um, good. There's a, there's a really good... Mm-hmm. I think this mm-hmm. is this this is the final anecdote here. Um, this is your recommended reading. Is There's a really good Aquid strip uh, where... Uh, Todd asks uh, Blister about whether or not God smokes weed. <laughs> yeah, can you smoke weed? It's February twenty second, two thousand and two. Mm-hmm. This is this is your recommended reading. Um, can you smoke weed in heaven, Blister? <laughs> sure, if that's what you're into. God don't mind. He talks, but it's not like his thing or anything. He does. Think about it, Todd. Who's going to yell at him? <laughs> I think that's a perfect encapsulation of God. of Aquid <laughs> is is a dead squirrel telling a living squirrel God no yeah of course God smokes weed who's going to yell at him who's gonna yell God honestly like you could boil so much of the comic down to the one phrase getting in trouble is fake a fake idea. idea. God bless. God bless. Alright, catch you next time. Hopefully we'll talk about uh, characters and get really into the shit.